0: So back in the, uh, okay. of good.
1: Hey, good morning. Um, we just want to start off by welcoming everybody here to West Irwin. Uh, we're so excited whether you're here in person or joining us online. We're just excited that you're joining us. Um, I really got to thinking about how much of a blessing it is that this is how we get to start Every week, right? The seasons change, the weather's just a little bit cooler, hopefully, and um, school's starting back, lots of change going on, but this is consistent. Every week, we show up Sunday morning, we get to, to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ and lift up the Lord in praise. Um, before I start with announcements, I just want to announce that Brianna Dean is home. Um, we're thankful for that, that uh, is back with her family back home Um, but her family is asking for prayers uh, just because she's going to be undergoing more tests and prayers that the right doctor will be led in their direction, that they'll be able to find some answers. Um, Also, we want to lift uh, the family of uh, Tommy Brown. His mother passed away this week. We want to lift his family up in prayer. Um, So speaking of announcements for this week, uh, today, Sunday, We've got Small Group Sunday going on. So this evening, get with your small groups. Maybe y'all have already met this weekend, I don't know. But this is the small group weekend. And so find your small groups, get with them. If you're not in a small group, talk to one of us. We would love to get you plugged in with a small group. Uh, Wednesday, so that's today, Wednesday, as part of our summer series, Steve Holiday is going to come talk to us. Now, I personally have never heard Steve, but I know he's been here before. And I've heard some awesome, awesome things about him. Um, I think that he will be great for our teens, um, also for parents for all of us, really. He's going to be talking about some cultural issues, and specifically he focuses in on sexual issues. Now, that's it's kind of an awkward thing to talk about. It's something that we can avoid at times, and so um, we need to not, though. That the Bible says what it says about it, and we need to know how to approach that, um, because the world is approaching it, and the world is constantly changing. And so we need to know how to address that. Uh, Last thing I want to briefly touch on, and I'm going to, you're going to see my face later, and I'm going to say more about it, so I won't go too deep into it, but our Reconnect seminar, our uh, marriage seminar is coming up just over a month from now. That's going to be an awesome, awesome weekend. Um, You know, there's things that if you don't go to, you'll probably regret not going, and if you go to, uh, I can almost guarantee you that you won't regret going to it. Um, I think this is going to be one of those things. I want to encourage you. I don't think that you'll regret going to it, but there's a chance that you will if you don't. Um, also, uh, last thing for the youth families, back of the bulletin or inside the bulletin on the youth section, we've got the September schedule up there, so we've got lots of details in there. Now, I know this is a little bit different, but I want to ask everybody to stand for a scripture reading this morning as we kick stuff off, and then I'll hand it over to Davey. So this is coming from Romans chapter 11, starting in verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who was ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen.
2: Thou almighty king, help us my day.
0: Let us pray. Dear God, we come before you this morning uh, recognizing you as to who you are and declaring that we are your people. We are your followers. We are your children. You are the creator and sustainer of the universe. You're the one that has created a plan of salvation for us. You've also given us the guidelines to how to live this life. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that every one of us will study your word and realize the importance of your word, especially in this fallen world in which we live. We want to pray especially, dear Heavenly Father, for those who have had, of our congregation, who have had tragedies this past week or two. The, the loss of Jamon Kirby, Suzanne Perkins' father. Jamon was known to... Many, many of us, and we all were influenced by him. He had a special heart for younger people, and he influenced many, many people in this church and others throughout the area, and he will be missed. But we know he has gained his reward, and that we will see him one of these days in the future. We pray also, dear Heavenly Father, for Tommy Brown, whose mother passed away. We pray that you will give Tommy strength and the rest of the family strength through this time. Death is always difficult for all of us, but as Christians, it is not, because we have the hope and the promise of salvation and spending eternity with you in heaven. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, also for our dear brother Eric Thornton, the loss of his house this past week through fire. pray that we will all be uh, willing and able to help him in any way that we can to show our Christian love to him as brothers and sisters in Christ and strengthen him through this yet another difficult time in his life. Pray to Heavenly Father, we have quite a few mothers to be in our congregation. We pray that they will have um, safe and healthy pregnancies and also safe and, and healthy deliveries of babies in the near future. pray, dear Heavenly Father, that we will always look to to follow your word in that, that we will help each other and put ourselves aside, that we will, as families, also try to not always have our way, but to try to put others first, try to put unity of the body, not only of this church, but our individual families, uh, in front of the other things in life, and put ourselves behind other people, as you have taught us. Pray that we will have a servant heart, that we will look for opportunities to help others. It is so anti-world that we will stand out when we do that, because the world teaches us that self is first, and nothing comes in front of self. And when we live according to your word, dear Heavenly Father, we will show the world that we are different and that we put others in front of us, that we try to help each other, we try to strengthen each other. And it's not all just about us. It's about you. Pray to your heavenly father that as we have the kids going back to school this fall, starting school, pray that they will be careful in whom they are friends with and that they will be a positive influence on all the children in their school and that they will be a good example to those as well and be leaders and not followers. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that we will all seek to find your will for us in our lives. We know, dear Heavenly Father, that listening to one or two sermons a week will not change our lives the way you want us to change. That we will have to get into your word and find uh, what you have for each and every one of us, how you'd have each and every one of us to live. The only way that we can do that is through the study of your word individually. Pray, dear Heavenly Father, that we'll be Christian, that we'll be bold, that we will not be backed down by the lies of this world, that we will stand up and proclaim your gospel and proclaim your word to the world and not be ashamed of that that we will try to influence this world that it seems to be coming darker each and every day we see all of the things and the bad uh, thoughts the bad plans the bad teachings throughout the world dear Heavenly Father and they all come from Satan Let us realize that, and let us be bold in proclaiming them to be falsehoods. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, for unity in our church and involvement as well. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that each and every one of us will find a place to become involved in the work work of this church, that we may be better proclaimers of your word, better evangelists of your word, and spread your word through a world that is in desperate need for direction. We pray, our heavenly Father, that this worship this morning will be in accordance to Your will, and that we will all participate through singing and thoughts, listening to a lesson that we need to hear. We thank You, dear Heavenly Father, for Your plan of salvation, the plan that You instigated before the creation of the world, the sacrifice that Jesus made for each and every one of us, and the importance. That places upon each and every one of our lives that you sent Jesus to die, not for the whole of mankind, but for each and every one of us individually. And that puts tremendous value upon us as your children. And we see that, and it strengthens us, and we're thankful for that. Dear Heavenly Father, we fail you, and we fail you often, and for that we're indeed sorrowful. We pray your forgiveness. Pray that we will strive to do better each and every every day of our lives so that we may, as we grow, grow as Christians and get closer and closer to the accordance of your word of what you'd have us to be. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for Jesus. Forgive us when we do wrong. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Erica reminded us this morning of how truly blessed we are to have this hour of worship set aside for us each Lord's Day. And now as a part of this worship, we're going to take time now to remember God our Father who gave His only begotten Son that we might have life. And we want to remember the sacrifice of that Son, our Savior, His broken body and His shed blood on Calvary's cross that our sins might be washed away. Wounded for me, wounded for me, there are the
3: those of you that don't know me personally, I uh, was not fortunate to of being raised in the Lord's Church. I guess you might say my parents were not church-going folks, and uh, we moved quite a bit as a child, but whenever we moved near my grandmother, my grandmother would come over every Sunday morning and pick me up and take me to worship with her. She came from a denominational background and had different traditions than what we find in the Bible, but Going with her when I had the opportunity taught me a lot of the basic Bible lessons. I can still remember some of those lessons about David and Goliath with the old flannel boards. Many years later, of my own accord, I found the Lord's Church and began attending at about age 19. It wasn't long after that that I was studying weekly with the gospel preacher there. Perhaps Bill will know him. His name is Charles Brazel at the Meadowview Church of Christ. It was then known as Cassaview. They since built a new building and. Changed the name. But each and every week when I would finished that study, I would go see my grandmother who was my spiritual mentor and still is. And I remember asking her about this crazy concept of taking the Lord's Supper each and every Sunday. And what did she think of that? I remember my grandmother saying, well, you know, Michael, I don't see anything unscriptural about that. You remember her background. They took it once a quarter where she worshiped. She said, but there's a real danger In it becoming just every day. You know, I've never forgotten that advice she gave me. So, right before I came up here, I figured it up. October 2nd, I'll celebrate my 38th spiritual birthday. I was baptized October 2nd, 1984. And I did the math, assuming I've never missed a Sunday. I've taken the Lord's Supper 1,976 times. I'm getting old. Some of you, I know, have been members of the church even longer than I. Assuming that we all miss worship from time to time, let's be conservative and say, I've probably taken the Lord's Supper 1,500 times in my lifetime. There's a danger of forgetting how special it is. And I hope none of you will forget just how wonderful the sacrifice of Christ was. In keeping with that, I'd like to read Isaiah, who prophesied many years before the cross these wonderful words of his sacrifice. The word of God. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him, and he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did not esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. For all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. For he was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, and he bought and he brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Let us pray. Holy God, I pray that each of us this morning, though perhaps we've taken this, these emblems many, many times, that we'll recall with wonder on the miracle of the sacrifice of Jesus' body and the wonderful news that the tomb is empty and that as a result we have a hope of heaven that none of us deserve. I pray, Lord, as we take this bread that we'll think and dwell on these things. In the name of Jesus, our hope we pray. Amen. Let us continue in Isaiah. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was stricken. He was taken away, and as for his generation, who among them considered that he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due? And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. And yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, for he hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied, for by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities; Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. And because he hath poured out his soul unto death, he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Let's pray again. Holy God, as we now partake of this cup that reminds us of the precious elixir, the blood of Jesus that forgives us of our sins. Help us be reminded of how fortunate we as Christians are to celebrate and remember his holy sacrifice. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
2: Jesus was wounded on the cross, and it was the Father's will that he died on that cross and shed his blood, and was buried in a tomb, but he didn't remain there, did he? And so now we sing of his resurrection from the dead. Risen for me, risen for me, up from the grave.
1: promise this is the last time you'll see me this morning. Um, Like I said, we have the Reconnect Marriage Workshop coming up, and you can see it's a free marriage workshop, which is even better. So we've had these uh, little pamphlets out the last couple of weeks uh, with a whole list of topics. I know you probably can't see very well, but there's a whole list of topics. um, Bad wedding vows, affection, emotional intimacy, so on and so forth. This is going to be September twenty fourth and Sunday September twenty fifth. So it'll start on the twenty fourth at eight thirty a.m. will be registration and then officially start at nine o'clock. Um, like I said, I probably didn't word it very well, but this is something you won't regret coming to. I, I promise you will not regret coming to it. Whenever Elizabeth and I were doing premarital counseling, uh, one of the things that our minister told us was. Uh, Just do something once a year for your marriage, whether that's read a book together or go to a conference or something like that. So I'll tell you what, come on this, you can check it off, and you're good for the next year. Good to go. Um, So, like I said, September 24th, 25th, you won't want to miss this, and I I really do hope that you'll come. So thank you. Um, The contribution this, this really is just a time of giving back. It's a time of giving. And uh, remember that we're not just giving our money. We're supporting different ministries. We have so many wonderful ministries here at West Irwin and And um, one of these being the marriage workshop we have coming up. It's only because of this time that we're able to do stuff like this to bless uh, the Lord's people. So pray with me, please. Father, we thank you once again for the ways that you have blessed us. You've blessed us in so many ways. And, uh, Lord, living here where we do, uh, we are just so blessed with material things. And, Lord, we pray that those would never come in the way of our relationship with you. But, Lord, help us to be good stewards of those things and uh, to give back to you, give back to you, give back to your church. And, Lord, I pray that during this time uh, we would be mindful of the fact that we're not just giving up to say, okay, I I did it, Uh, but we're truly serving you. We're truly serving the body of Christ uh, by by giving. Lord, we thank you so much again for Jesus Christ, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen.
2: this time, if you would, please pass your attendance cards to the end of the pew, and our young men will pick those up on their way to their blast uh, classes now, and those other kids may leave at this time. I would ask that everyone else please stand and we'll sing Footsteps of Jesus before Bill comes and shares with us from God's Word this morning. Sweetly, Lord, have we been faithfully, come as we see with, with a good friend falling us.
4: sitting up here at the front with my young friend Jude. Uh, A few moments ago, he looked over at me and whispered in my ear, good luck with your sermon today. (laughs) I appreciate that, Jude. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. And if you're not sure who Jude exactly is, his picture is in the bulletin in the youth section. He's one of the boys that's faces looking down in that one shot. So uh, you can pick him out there. And uh, thank you, Jude. I appreciate that very, very much. Um, it's wonderful to share some great news this morning, and I'd just like to read this as it was uh, given to me. This is from Eric Thornton. When trauma comes, as it feels like it has for me over and over in the last few years, we are forced to ask ourselves what is of true importance. I've now been back at West Irwin for a year. Bill and Joyce are the only other two adults in this church who can relate To this statement. As an adult, I've never, quote, placed membership, unquote, at a church. I was hired by that church. So, for the very first time, as I've been reminded this week by friends watching by my side as flames came up from my home or meals brought to my home, this church is my home. Eric Thornton places membership with us today officially. And along with his sons, Wes and Cade, and we couldn't be happier because Eric has been a part of this church family longer than we have. Um, And we are very, very blessed to have you, brother, officially back home. As we think about this series that we've been walking through this summer on um, the Ten Commandments, Today we come to the next to the last one, and before we get to it, I, uh, as I was preparing this lesson, I, I couldn't help but think of 1980s sitcoms. Now that I've said that out loud, I'm not sure that's probably a good statement to make. It is the plot of almost every 1980s sitcom, especially those set in the family context such as The Cosby Show and Full House. Someone does something that will get them in trouble. They then do what? They lie. They lie about it. If it's Full House, it's likely one of the kids or one of the uncles. If it's the Cosby Show, it's likely Cliff, of course. They lie about it and keep from getting in trouble. That leads to other lies throughout the program. Then they finally tell the truth. That's when they cue the soft, warm music, give hugs all around, and everything is fine once again, all in the space of about 25 minutes. <laughs> well, life is not exactly like that, but there are some similarities. One of the similarities is um, the temptation to not tell the truth. We've spoken previously in this series of the 2016 Oxford Dictionary Word of the Year post-truth. And I mentioned this quote, a post-truth world is not one in which truth has ceased to exist, but one in which truth has ceased to matter. I appreciate what our shepherd Wade Weathers shared earlier and prayed for, that we would be in the Word, not just at church times But every day, because that's what it takes to remain close to the word and will of God, to be close to the truth. Because I do believe that in many instances and in many ways, we live in a post-truth world. (laughs) I don't think that that is something that we want, but it is something that in many cases, for many people, we ought to acknowledge Perhaps, though, in this vacuum of truth in which we live today, telling and living the truth may be even more valuable and more appreciated than ever. When something is in low supply, typically its value goes up or down? It goes up. And if people living with integrity, if people believing in the truth becomes in shorter supply, it becomes in greater demand and is even more valuable and much more greatly appreciated. What I'm saying is this is a great opportunity for people who live by the truth, for people who live with integrity, because there's so many out there that are looking for something like that. And they can't get it on TV, and they can't get it in their uh, circles of friends or family. They can't get it at work. They can't get it in the many wonderful nonprofit volunteer places that they serve. They can't get it in their self help books or podcasts. They're looking for truth. Who has it? Well, we have it. <laughs> We have the truth. And in the midst of a post-truth world, that gives us the opportunity to stand out in a good way. To stand out in ways, I think, that could bring harm to us, suffering of one sort or another. But in ways that could also bring the lost to come in contact with the one who is the truth. And so, commandment number nine is this. Live with integrity. Live with integrity. Exodus chapter 20 verse 16 says, you shall shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. (laughs) It means don't lie. Tell the truth. And as we've done throughout this series, broadening that out to our whole lives in 2022 Tyler, Texas and beyond... This commandment tells us, commands us to live with integrity. As Wade said, to live a life that isn't just about ourselves, but is about what's right. And not just right for us, right for us at this particular moment, but right for all. And especially right in the eyes of God. Live with integrity. I love the interaction between Jesus and Pontius Pilate in John 18 and 19. I hate the result of it, although I love it because it provides a way for me and my sinfulness to be forgiven and saved. But as a part of that interaction, we read these words in John 18, beginning at verse 36. Jesus said to Pilate, "'My kingdom is not of this world. "'If it were, my servants would fight "'to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. "'But now my kingdom is from another place.'" Pilate thought, gotcha, you are a king then, he said. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, um, for this reason, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And then in verse 38, Pilate asked the question that resonates through the centuries and is just as applicable today and dangerous and threatening today as it was when Jesus stood before Pilate and made that statement that forced Pilate to ask this question, what is truth? What is truth? Jesus said, everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. My kingdom is not of this world, but you're right, I am a king. In fact, I came into this world for that very reason. So that I could share the truth with people and so that everyone who hears my words and listens to the truth would be a part of that kingdom. And Pilate, being the lifelong politician that he was, (laughs) asks, what is truth? What is truth? could be the question of a cynical politician who had given up doing, living according to the truth long before, but rather acting and living and speaking and doing things that would help his political agenda and career. It could be that Pilate is reflecting the confusion of his day in the first century, which was very much like our day today, with the same kind of confusion. All kinds of messages out there. All kinds of individuals claiming to have the truth. And some even today saying there is no such thing as the truth. Live with integrity. It's a little bit uh, nervous for me to say I got the title for this lesson from the Roman pagan governor who condemned Jesus to death. (sighs) But that's where it comes from. What is truth? A few things about this today. First of all, we speak the truth. We speak the truth. If you were a step ahead of me and you wrote, we tell the truth, I'm okay with that as well. (laughs) We speak the truth. In John chapter 8, Jesus says some things that cause the people that he's talking to to want to take his life. And leading up to that, when he assumes the position and the place and even the name of God, towards the end of the chapter, he has this interaction back and forth with the Jewish leaders of his day. And he says this in John chapter 8, beginning in verse 42, talking to the Jewish leaders, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, the middle of verse 44. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth... You do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Imagine that scenario Jesus on trial, really, for his life. And his life was threatened after this discussion, but his time, his hour had not yet come, so he was able to escape. But telling those that are accusing him, your father is the devil. Your father isn't God. Your father isn't Father Abraham like you claim. Your father is the devil. And why is that? Because you don't listen to the truth. And Satan was a liar and is the father of lies. He was a liar from the beginning. He told the first one in Genesis 3, you shall not die. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul, in urging us to live according to the new life, not according to the old way, says this in verse 25, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Why do we tell the truth? Why do we speak the truth? Why do we live with integrity? Because we are Christians. Because we are followers of God, because we don't live according to the old way. We don't live the way the people around us live who have no concern about God or God's will or the truth. That's why we tell the truth. Not just because there's a BCV that says tell the truth, and there are a book, chapter, and verse, but because this is who we are. We're people of the truth, we're new creatures in Christ. And a part of that is speaking the truth. Tony Dungy is a NFL Super Bowl winning coach, former coach and now a commentator for the NFL on television. And in spite of all of his success, even in spite of some of his failures, perhaps because of both, he was actually fired (laughs) from an NFL team. Coach Dungy writes this, ability and talent can't make up for a lack of character. What is more important to you? Talent, ability, or character? This Super Bowl winning coach felt the pressure every single day to win ability and talent can't make up for a lack of character. He goes on, we are far more effective in life when we believe it's important to be honest all the time, not just to avoid getting caught in a lie. When we realize winning at all costs isn't worth it when the cost is our integrity. And when we understand that there really is a God who rewards good character. We don't just tell the truth because we don't want to get caught in a lie. We tell the truth because it's the right thing to do. We live the truth because it's the right thing to do. It is the truth. It's who we are, it's our character, it's our identity. Live with integrity. We speak the truth. Secondly, we live the truth. It's not just what we say. As important as that is, it's how we live. We live the truth. We live with integrity. Coach Dungey goes on, In any joint effort, family, work, church, or any other aspect of life, we have to have unwavering trust in each other. I have to be able to depend on you to follow through on what you say, and you have to be able to depend on me to do the same. Tell the truth. Live with integrity in all you say and in all you do. Speak the truth and live the truth. As Wade prayed, our young people and teachers and administrators have started back to school. If you were wondering when school starts, get on the bus. It's already going on. And that regularly puts them in situations where they have a choice of telling the truth or speaking something other than the truth. And it happens sometimes in some of the most surprising uh, ways. One of my favorite stories about Joyce, and I've got tons of them, most of which I'll not ever share with you. But I've got some that I can and still be able to, you know, answer to her. When she was going to school and she was a child, her parents, her, her grandparents had great faith. Her parents believed in God, believed in the Bible, didn't know anything about either never went to church. She never went to church until she started dating this crazy kid that was going to be a preacher when she was a senior in high school. But when we were little, when she was going to elementary school, people would, would ask you, because it was, you know, the 1960s and the 1970s in San Antonio, Texas, and they would say, what religion are you? And she didn't know what to say. And so she went home one time and asked her mom, "Mom, the kids at school are asking me what religion am I? I I don't know what to say. What am I? And there in South San Antonio, San Antonio in general, there were two primary religions, Catholicism and Baptist. And her mom had said, well, we we certainly believe in God, but we're not Catholics. Just tell them you're a Baptist. (laughs) Well, that wasn't exactly true, but it took the heat off. It was okay for her. Just say you're a Baptist. Sometimes it's harder to tell the truth about how we live and who we are because it involves risk, risk that we might lose something, risk that we might damage a relationship. Today, it's as hard as it's ever been for our youth to tell the truth and not lie, especially when lying seems like the best solution because it's the easy way out and it'll save them a lot of difficult consequences. It's so tempting today for them to hold back on living the life of faith and truth when they know others will make fun of them or perhaps will no longer be friends with them. And so let me tell you, live that way anyway. Do the right thing anyway. Even if there's a cost. Even if you're worried that someone might not be your friend. Even if you're made fun of. And as we know, in our world today, it's not just our kids. I think they face it in a special, predominant, daily way. But for all of us, living with integrity is risky. You're taking a risk. Things may not go well when you live with integrity, when you speak the truth, and when you live the truth. What does it take to do that, though? What does it take to speak the truth, to live the truth, especially when the truth is hard to tell? Especially when the truth is hard to live, when you may have to pay a price for doing so. You may not get that promotion. You may see that friendship go away. Well, there are a lot of things that we could say here, and you could add to this list in better ways, I'm sure, but I'm just going to mention three things. That it takes to speak the truth and to live the truth. Number one is courage. It takes courage. Sarah Borellas had a great song years ago. I, I want to see you be brave. Be brave. We want our young people to be brave, to take the chance, to tell the truth, to live the truth, to stand up for Jesus Christ. And that's what we want for all of us. And that's why we're here today either in person or online, because we need the encouragement to do that. It's hard, and it takes courage. Secondly, it takes humility. It takes humility, because we have to be humble enough to realize that this may not be good for us in the short term. And we may sacrifice some things, and we need to be okay with that. It doesn't mean we like it. It doesn't mean we want it. It just means that we accept that reality because we're courageous to do the hard thing and because we're humble enough to accept the cost that might be attached to that. And then thirdly is a word I've already used, integrity. Integrity. My favorite definition of integrity is this. Integrity has been defined as what you do when you know that no one will ever find out. Do I have integrity? That's, that's the question. How do I act? How do I talk? What do I do? When I know that no one will ever find out. Again, it's from Coach Dungey's words saying, look, we don't just tell the truth because we don't want to get caught in a lie. We tell the truth because it's who we are. We don't just live with integrity because we're, there are people watching or they might hear about it. But we live that way because it's right, because it's the truth, because it's who we are. It is in those moments when we know no one will ever find out that we determine how we will act and what we will say and do when others are watching, when what we do will be known and not hidden. Those things don't just happen automatically. We train ourselves to be that way, we train ourselves to live that way and then when the time comes when it's public and we realize there may be a price to pay we're ready because we've been practicing, (laughs) we're disciplined. People will respect your character more than they respect your accomplishments. Think about your own life, isn't that true? Think about the people you respect the most today. Is it people that have just accomplished great things? Or is it people who lived with integrity? Character. People will respect your character more than they respect your accomplishments. And a key element of character is trustworthiness. So young people, invite that friend to a youth devotional or activity. Or to your Bible class or even some other student that you don't know well, but who you know needs a lift. Offer them that encouragement. All of us can invite someone to Steve Holiday's message this Wednesday night. What an appropriate, timely message. And exactly the man to bring it, Steve Holiday is. You should invite someone to come with you Wednesday night at 6.30. Or to your small group activity today or next month. Share one of these flyers on our Reconnect Marriage Workshop September 24th. Just grab a couple on your way out there at the information booth and give it to somebody. I was talking to our class. Don't give it to them and say, look, your marriage is in trouble. I know, it's pretty cruddy, so here, come to this workshop. It may not be the best approach. (laughs) But what you can say is, hey, everybody in our church has marriages that can be enriched and improved, and this is something our church is offering, and I, I, I hope that you'll come so that your good marriage can be even better and stronger. Ask people what's going on in their life these days and genuinely listen. I've been hit at times by someone coming right out of the blue and saying, Bill, what can I pray for you today? I want to remember you in prayer every day this week. What is something specific that I can pray about for you? I tell you, if you have the courage and the humility to do that with someone that you would like to influence for the cause of Christ, you don't have to say another word, but you'll have that opportunity down the line. Show people your life of faith through your words and through your actions. As we close today, a couple of more passages from John, short passages. We live with integrity because we trust in the one who is the truth." In John 8 verses 31 and 32, Jesus challenged believers, the Jews who believed in him, And he said, "If you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciple, then, John 8:32, then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free." We quote John 8:32 a lot, but it needs to be seen in the light of John 8:31, which says, "You need to hold to my teaching, because there is such a thing as the truth." And then in John 14 verse6, Jesus makes it very, very clear, "I am," one of those great "I am" statements in the Gospel of John, "I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through." Me, There's no other, no other way except through Jesus. It's true in the first century when John wrote those words of Jesus. It's true today. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus himself answers Pilate's question. What is truth? Jesus says, I am. I am the truth. Jesus is the truth that will make us free. And in a post-truth world, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life matters more than ever. And I can almost guarantee you that it matters a whole lot more than some of the people in your circles are letting on that it does. They're thirsty for it. They're searching for it. They're wanting to find it. And you have it. You have it. Will you find a way to share it with them. This morning, if we can help you speak and live the truth of Jesus Christ, to live with integrity, come as we stand, sing our song together. All to Jesus
2: Jesus, to to the way, to the truth, and to the lie. She wants to be baptized into Christ today. When we began our church services at the Benevolent Center, I think we've announced this before, but Betty was our very first person to attend and was faithful from day one in her attendance. And I spoke with her this last week, and she asked if I could baptize her into Christ. And I told her I would be thrilled and honored to do that for her this morning. And so she has come today because she truly believes the truth and does the best to her ability to live and speak the truth. So, buddy, I'm going to have you stand at this time. And I'm going to ask you a very, very important question. And I already know the answer. But Betty, do you believe with all your heart and soul that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? And I know that you do, Betty. And I want you to know that that is a tremendous decision that you've made. And after you've been baptized into Christ, know that your past sins are forgotten. Christ has washed them away by being in Christ when you sin, and you will, because we're human. You can go to him with a repentant heart, and the blood that he shed on Calvary's cross will continue to wash away those sins.
3: Let's sing together, brethren, while they make preparations for the baptism.
5: I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning Of his precious blood atoning Then I repented of my sins won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to Him. He plunged me to victory the cleansing flood. I heard about His healing of His cleansing power revealing how He made the lame to walk again and cause the blind to see. And then I cried, Dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. I then obey His blessed commands gain the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and He bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew. oh and all my love is to Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood, Well, I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. And I heard about the street of gold beyond the crystal sea. I heard the angels singing and the old redemption story. Some sweet day I'll sing up there song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and He bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me and I knew. oh and all my victory beneath the cleansing
1: blood.
5: What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms, what Blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning, leaning on the everlasting leaning. arms, leaning, leaning, Jesus. leaning, leaning Jesus. safe leaning. and secure. everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way, on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day, on the everlasting arms, Just keep on leaning safe and secure From all alarm Leaning Leaning I'm leaning On the everlasting arm What have I to dread? What have I to fear? I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so dear, Leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, just keep on leaning.
2: This church family loves you, and we know that you love us, and we look forward, Father, to, to many years in, in worship together with this new sister in Christ. Betty, because of your confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with the remission of all of your sins, and so that you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit.
5: Angels bow before Him, heaven and earth adore Him. What a, we serve. what a mighty God we serve! What a mighty God we serve! What a mighty God we serve! Angels bow before Him, heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve! Would you please rise for our closing prayer, and then we'll be
3: dismissed.
1: Please bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful day for us to come together as a family and praise you. Thank you for the rain you have blessed us with this past week. We praise you for Miss Betty's choice to become our sister in Christ today. Please be with the family of Molly Reck who passed away in a car wreck this past week. Please be with their family and comfort them through this hard time. Please continue to bless our youth group and allow us to make an impact on other people's lives and share your light at school and in our communities. Help us to all share, your, share you wherever we are and whatever we are doing. Please be with the, be with the members of our West Iron family on the prayer and care list, and please be with us throughout this week. Please forgive us of our sins, and thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross to give us hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.